0: Welcome back to Civil Action. This is Civil Action with Brian Kabatek and my little helper, Sean my Karnikian. My little helper, that's my name now, okay. And my little helper, yeah. Sean and This is yeah. his first day. He's going to be allowed
1: to ask questions. It's offensive. Oh, you're taking the training wheels off. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. He's going to be able no, to do things I've so, worked
2: for him for seven years, I've tried multiple cases with him, but I'm still the little helper. But anyway, yeah, this is Civil Action. We're a podcast where we normally do kind of boring, but, you know, educational stuff where we cover new, cases. Not, boring. new cases. not boring. It's boring. but it's educational. It's it has value. It's
0: 20-minute law school. That's what I call it. 20-minute law school. We cover four cases that, that are important to the plaintiff practice from the California Court of Appeals. Supreme new Court. cases.
2: So it's not like law. It's like new cases that are coming down. So we cover those, And but today we're doing something more interesting. We're at the CAOC convention in San Francisco at the Palace Hotel. We're coming to you live. No, we're not live. Um, and we have some interesting guests today. And our next guest, Brian, do you want to introduce our next guest? No, apparently you're doing just no, fine no, all go on ahead. your own. No, go no, ahead. Sean, I want you to just go, go ahead, right Mr. ahead. Kapitek, go nope, ahead. Nope. Go ahead. Nope. Nope. I'm out. Okay. Min, why don't you tell us about yourself? Well, why don't you hi.
0: introduce him?
2: Well, our next guest is Min Win, and uh, he is an attorney from Southern California. I think uh, he's young, a phenomenal attorney. A phenomenal attorney. Okay. Well, I'll um, pay you later, Brian. Thanks. He gives his, back to the community. With his own practice, with a with a reputation that speaks for, its, for, for itself. With a, yeah, and he does give back to the community. And um, why don't you tell us about your practice, man? Well, thank you,
1: Sean, and thank you, Brian, for
2: having no, me No, I'm here.
0: not here. Pretend like I'm not here. He's okay. offended we're, we're now. We're going to pretend Brian's not
1: here. We took That's the spotlight okay. away from him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, my name is Min Nguyen. I, I'm the principal attorney at Wynn Lawyers. Uh, It's a five-lawyer boutique firm down in Long Beach. We are a litigation firm. We try cases, um, ranging from your run-the-mill auto cases to your complex automotive products liability or dangerous condition of public property cases. I love what I do uh, as a trial lawyer. I love helping people and and obtaining justice for people, and more importantly, uh, being able to give back to the community. So thank you for having me.
2: And welcome, and welcome. And uh, how long have you been doing? Um, how, how long have you had your own practice?
1: So I started on my own in 2012. Uh, before that, I was uh, with a trial lawyer by the name of Jeffrey Pop, who tried uh, taught me basically everything I know as a trial lawyer of handling complex cases. And when I started in 2012, I had an interior office that was about 8 feet by 7 feet. If I stretch my arms and tilt my body a little bit, I could touch both sides of the walls. Um, So I started in 2012 and uh, started in Long Beach where I grew up and where my family is. And then in 2016, we moved to a bigger space. Um, So I've grown the firm from 2012 as a solo to now a five lawyer firm. We're about to add a 6 lawyer, and then we have a staff of five, including uh, a, a registered nurse on staff because we do personal injury.
0: Oh well, wow. yeah. Where did you? Let's let's go back in a little bit in time. You grew up in Long Beach,
1: and where did you go to college? Uh, so let's not overclass Long Beach. Long Beach, home of Long Beach Poly. Yeah, and yeah. and Snoop, Snoop, and Cameron Diaz, and I think LBC, the LBC. Uh, when I went to Pauly, Snoop had just dropped out. The twins had dropped out. They were standing in the corner still trying to try and do their thing and picking up the high school girls. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Long Beach, a uh, small little city of 500,000 people, families there. Then um, I went over, when I graduated, I went to, to college at UCLA. So I'm a Bruin. Nice. Uh, That's a shame. So. <laughs>
0: So well, we are, it is football season. Yes, I, I give you that. Uh, not much of a football <laughs> season for SC this year. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, so was it, did you have take any time between um, law school, between college and law school?
1: I did. So uh, my story is, you know, I'm a son of immigrant parents. They, they fled the Vietnam War. Uh, so they literally came here with the clothes on their back. And dad uh, had to work three jobs to make ends meet. But dad also got sick when I was 15 years old. And I'm the eldest of eight kids. So, being the eldest of eight kids, it was upon me to uh, pay the family bill, including the family mortgage. So, I started working when I was fifteen, and uh, been working since. But I only really have two jobs in my life. My first job was selling cookies at Mrs. Fields for four dollars and twenty-five cents, and then driving a taxi cab uh, at night when I was in college to to pay bills. Um, What I do now as a trial lawyer, it's not a job; it's it's a passion. It's, it's, it's a love. Uh, but I did take a year off. Uh, what did you do during that year? I worked, worked for, uh, for a law firm. I worked for a law firm, uh, called for Jeffrey Pop since I was 18. So I spent 18 years with him. Oh, wow. Uh, eight years as a staff, 10 years as a lawyer from a junior associate to a junior partner wow. uh, when I left in 2012. Where'd you go to law school, man? Uh, right here in the great city of San Francisco, UC Hastings in the Tenderloin. That uh, must have been a great different experience for you coming from the LBC up here. It was definitely a change from the weather, from the people, the vibe. Uh, San Francisco is just a different city uh, from Long Beach. Um, just, just different. You, and you moved back. You came back home. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: There was never a question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a La Long people fan. aren't SF people. You know, they're different. It's just it's different. nice up here, but uh, you know. it's it's, yeah.
1: it's it's a fun city when you're going to school and doing all that. But to raise a family, it's a little bit tough. Uh, and then you're away from your own family. So, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: you know, I, I, for whatever I do and everything I do in my life, it's, it's for my family. So I had to go back home. That's really nice. So let's transition to talking about the kinds
0: of cases that you're handling right now. Tell us an interesting case that either you've recently handled or are
1: currently handling that you're passionate about. Uh, well, there's a lot of cases, but uh, a couple of interesting cases. Um, it goes, really goes to show the, the moral of the story is, uh, is take your time, litigate, don't rush cases, Uh, but I got a case in just an auto versus a bicycle crash, happened about three years ago and um, it was, the the plaintiff is this lovely mother who suffered severe brain damage and the fellow driver who caused the wreck at the time you know, he only had a $100,000 policy, insufficient to even cover the medical bills Um, but there was something weird about the whole thing, he was driving a nice very fancy car but an assets check didn't show any money uh, he was a young kid, you know, in his early 20s. Uh, long story short, uh, we filed, we litigated, uh, we let the case marinate it. And then last year, last this past summer, I flew to Alabama to take his deposition. And here comes this defendant. He walks in, young, dapper, wearing a custom suit, wearing an $80,000 hip-low watch, and when I'm looking at it I'm like wait, well, this is not the same defendant with my client who had a $100,000 policy. So I did a quick asset check. And lo and behold, in the three years since the crash, he's been featured in Forbes magazine. He started a multi million dollar business, um, bought a mansion in, in Alabama. And so now he has the resources to, to cover the, the medical bills that my client uh, has, has incurred and will incur in the future. So that, that's an interesting story in terms of. Uh, don't be, don't be too quick to pull the. You trigger. could have you could have
2: just taken that hundred up front and walked away. Well, yeah, called it a day. Your client would still be out and they would still you know be suffering and not have enough to pay the bills.
1: Exactly, exactly. And then the, the most lawyers I think would have pulled the trick and taken the policy. But when you when the goal is to help the human being get the medical care that they need and to provide the resources um, that 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 uh, incentive or, or that trigger to rush to settle is, is gone, and sometimes good things happen. Yeah. All right. What would the current men tell the 20- 20 or 21-year-old men? Oh, I would have told, listen, I have to say this to everybody. Um, I didn't attend the Jerry Spence Trial College of 2016. My, the current men would have told the younger men, go to a trial college, be it Jerry Spence, uh, Trojan horse, trial by human, uh, Gary Dorda college, uh, go attend a trial college because I'm one of those lawyers who learn how to try cases by watching other people and trial and by trial and error. And looking back, um, I'm kind of, uh, ashamed to, to admit it, but some of my clients got short thrift because I really was learning, uh, at their expense. And so this version of men said, go back, uh, go to a trial college, and, and try more cases. Uh, so that's, that's man, what is it
0: is. Men, what do you, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions now about the plaintiff's bar and the, the organized plaintiff's bar. You're very active in uh, the Consumer Attorneys Association of Los Angeles, right?
1: I am. I am I'm, I'm a board of governor of Cala, and uh, I've been lucky and privileged enough to uh, lead it as its president in 2023. That's great.
0: And congratulations, and we're looking forward to that. So uh, for young lawyers today, um, talk a little bit about the importance of being part of an organized bar, particularly the plaintiff's bar.
1: Yeah, on our side of the bar, it, it's, it's, it's strange and weird. On the one sense, we are competitors. We're competing for cases, but the camaraderie that we show one another, the help that we want to show another uh, when we are litigating cases is wonderful. It's, it's one big family. And nowadays, with young lawyers coming out of law school and can't finding jobs, most uh, most folks are hanging up their own shingles. So it's important to to network, to meet lawyers uh, who can uh, mentor them and show them how to litigate PI cases, uh, show them to how how to avoid the mistakes that some of the seasoned lawyers makes. Um, one of the things that I see often with young attorneys is they undervalue. Uh, people's harm and people's injuries, and they don't obtain the full justice that's necessary. Whereas if they had reached out to someone more seasoned, they would have got some better advice and perhaps some help so that the injured person can get full justice, get all the medical bills paid, all their lost wages uh, returned to, to them.
2: Kind of like the story you were telling about yeah. The, and, you know, the 100000 that you could have just t- taken and walked away. Right. You
1: know? and, and I think the younger men uh, would have taken the $100,000 as soon as it was offered. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Men, yeah.
0: what, what do you think are the biggest challenges that the uh, civil justice system
1: faces today, whether it's in California or national? Oh, I, I, I've made two observations. The first observation I see often now is we are civil lawyers. Um and the word civility is important and there seems to be a lack of civility and be it uh on the both the plaintiff side and the defense side. And I don't know where that's coming from. Uh broadly speaking it appears to be uh the younger attorneys who are more abrasive, more short, um and it's now moved towards to the business of law instead of the practice of law. And we have to remember this is the practice of law. It is a profession. And for seasoned lawyers to, to be mentors and show that there is no weakness in being civil. Being civil doesn't mean you, you are weak. But I think oftentimes a lot of lawyers uh, make that connection. If you're nice, you're polite, you're weak, which I don't think is the case. Uh, so that, that's a concern. And then the second uh, area of law, that I, issue that I see is with the advent of the Internet. With the Internet being what it is, uh, how it is, how easy it is to create website. I think a lot of uh, lawyers and firms are overmarking themselves and their abilities and the results, and in a way, it's mis- misleading the public. Amen, hey, brother. I yeah. mean, you're
0: you're dead on right. You know, they talk about law firms um, or law firms being owned by non-lawyers. It's a terrible idea. There's no shortage of lawyers in um, the plaintiff's world, the plaintiff's market, but. It's almost like, you know, the public needs to do a good job investigating the law from their hiring because there are so many firms out there that don't try cases, that look at um, plaintiffs as a commodity. And let me correct that. There's not a lot, but there are some that look as as the plaintiffs as simply a commodity to be bought and sold at the, the earliest possible um, opportunity. So I agree with you 100%.
1: Yeah, and you think about it, it's pretty offensive, you know, Doing what we do as plaintiff lawyers, we are entrusted with people's confidence, uh, their future, and we are professional. We're officers of the court, and we we have to conduct ourselves in a certain way. We have to be better um, than what's out there. And so just like Michelle Obama says, when they go low, we go high, um, that's important, uh, but both uh, on the civility side, but also to the client's. That is, they deserve to be told the truth. And unfortunately, because of uh, imperfection of information uh, between clients and lawyers, uh, clients don't know when they're not being told the truth.
2: Hey, that's an important issue, and I'm glad someone that's a future leader of the bar has that in mind you know it's it's refreshing and reassuring to hear that that's an issue that you're so conscious of well sean
1: i'm glad that you're talking about yourself because you know you'll be a future of the bar
2: if, and maybe <laughs> not if brian has a say in that that's not true <laughs> well, well, brian, i completely support you doing i i, know, I completely
0: kidding, support you sean Doing anything at all to help the bar, which could include um, getting me a cocktail soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, why
2: don't you segue into the next part of our of our interview? Sure. This is like, we'll ask you some more, you know, easier questions. Moronic. No, yeah, kind of stupid Mor- questions. Moronic. Yes, stupid questions. Let's <laughs> go. So, no, my, my first one isn't that stupid. Um, growing up, what did you want to be? Um, so,
1: I. I knew at a young age I want to be a lawyer. Okay. And let me tell you why. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you the, the, the abbreviated Re-Di- Reader Digest version. When I was about five, uh, someone told my mom and myself that we didn't belong here, that we needed to go back to our country, and all sorts of racial names were called. Um, and in response to this... Uh, Vitro hostility, my mom looked at the guy and said in a broken English, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And that stayed with me. Um, and what stayed with me was how my mom apologized to him. And as I got older, I became angry. And I became angry not at the guy, but angry at my mom because I saw her as weak. Why did she apologize to a bigot? And it wasn't until high school. Um, probably around 15, 16 years old, um, you know, a little light bulb turned on my head and said, oh, there's people in this world that need a voice, that can't speak up for themselves, and I want to become that voice. So I knew at a young age I want to be a lawyer. Uh, My road to becoming a lawyer was uh, a little difficult because um, at 16, and as you know, in this business, you have to have a good command of the English language. English is my third language. I spoke Vietnamese first, Spanish second, and then then English. And then in high school, one of my teachers wrote all of my papers in red ink, all caps, do you know English, question mark, question mark, question mark. So I had to spend a lot of time uh, doing public speaking, which I was not good at. I'm still not good at uh, today. Um, but I, I knew from a young age I want to be a lawyer.
2: Well, well, hey, you're like a true like American success story and... You should be an inspiration for yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, but this is the part where we're supposed well, to ask... Silly questions. My silly, <laughs>
0: ridiculous questions, and that was so meaningful and so impactful. That was, yeah. We, I feel almost like I'm not going to ask questions, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> What's your favorite song?
1: Uh, take Me Out of the Ballpark. Um, favorite movie? Um, uh, uh, Sandlot.
0: Good. Do you like corn?
1: <laughs> White or yellow?
0: Both. Oh,
1: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> um, superpower What would your superpower be? Uh,
1: that's a good one um, Ability to fly What superpower do you actually have?
0: Because I believe uh, everyone has a superpower
1: oh, I, I got the Jedi Mind Trick down cold I could do that Jedi Mind Trick? Jedi Mind Trick Favorite cocktail? Uh, Hendrix and soda Okay And it, what would be the most favorite meal You could possibly have if you If you had to pick one? My favorite, so the meal I would envision if I were ever sent to an electrical chair. No, I didn't say that. Didn't say it, that. It, it has to be, so I, I love Vietnamese food. And pho, uh noodles, vermicelli. And I don't get a lot of Vietnamese food because my wife doesn't cook Vietnamese. My wife is uh, half black, half white. and uh, So we, I don't get a lot of Vietnamese cooking. So when I'm in Orange County or when I'm up in San Francisco, you always find me at a little Vietnamese place eating uh, the local, uh, nice. local foods
2: so that'll be your last meal
1: my last meal nice. absolutely nice. so good. with that uh,
0: Min you've been an awesome interviewee today we really appreciate you being here with Min Nguyen. he has been um, terrific with us a great contributor to the bar uh, a great human being and uh, someone Sean that you can look up to because you certainly can't look up to me
2: I can so uh, Min can be my next inspiration right, right. no but thank you really thank you for what you, you do and, and uh, you know keep fighting on man thank well, you it's my pleasure and tell thank people where they me. can find us Uh, They can find us online at kpklawyers.com. You'll find more information about uh, Min on there as well when you go to his podcast page. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Min.
1: Thank you.